The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. We're going to do a great show today. It's uh, Moving On is the topic and your next uh, chapter of life, how to move on to the next chapter after things have happened that you don't like. And I really think this is one of the most important things because people do a crappy job of moving on. Uh, many people do, and they hang on to the past, and all it does is do a lot of damage. You know, uh, Eckhart Tolle, very f- famous uh, uh, Buddhist, uh, said, whenever something negative happens to you, there is a deep lesson concealed within it. And it's so important to understand that every problem is an opportunity to learn. Every negative event teaches us something, and that lesson is much more important than the event itself. You know, let's face it, many of us choose to hang on to things that at some point have hurt us, have angered us, have made us feel sad, depressed us. But if we choose to hang on to them, we will never move forward. And we could even create physical or medical damage to our bodies. And to prevent this from happening, we need to let go. But no one really tells you how to let go. And that's what this show is about, how to let go. You know, it's easy to say, just let go, move on, forget about it. Let's, you know, just let go. Well, it doesn't really work that way. So, um... I'm about to tell you how to do this and and how to go through it. And we're going to talk about different topics such as death, uh, child loss, job loss, all kinds of different things later on in the show. You know, but one of the the fundamental things that we have to do uh, to move forward is, is to understand that the universe was not created for us. It, the universe alone has a life of its own and we are a part of it and so we cannot control many of the things that take place in our lives you know everything in this universe ends everything dies that's not just in this world but in this universe everything dies and so we have to learn how to let go that's just how it is there is an ending to all of us and how we end is just as important as how we begin And the story that we tell throughout the course of our lives is going to be riddled with very challenging things and very happy moments and very boring moments. Uh, You know, some people say the history of the world is is boredom uh, surrounded by war. (laughs) So, you know, that's just pretty much history for you. And so our lives are much like that, that there are highlighted moments 
And then there are moments that are just utterly boring. And we have to accept that. And uh, we have to create an action plan. So let's just talk about how to let go of a relationship. Letting go of a relationship that you were certain would last forever or that you knew was the one is very painful. And at the same time, letting go will be the most empowering thing you'll ever do. Loving another is a lesson in itself because it extends us, our individuality beyond us. It it reaches into another person's life. It's an investment. And so you want to get something out of that investment and what you get out of it may not be what you thought you were going to get out of it. Learning to let go and make peace with things you cannot change is absolutely vital. So what is peace? Peace. Peace is acceptance. That's all it is. I accept it. And accepting is something that is so hard for many people, and they fight having peace in their life by not accepting the inevitable. You know, letting go may involve you rethinking your boundaries and, uh, and your negative relationship patterns, becoming more assertive, or, or deciding to end contact with toxic people or others who have harmed you, and learning to understand that you can't force people to do things or to love you in return in the way you want. You, you just have to set yourself free by understanding that. So here's some of the steps to letting go of a relationship. Accept, and this is the worst one, this is the one that most people have the most trouble with, accept that the relationship has come to an end. That's peace. Peace and acceptance. Accept the fact that this is the hardest thing to do, but letting go of that past relationship frees you to live in the moment and begin to, to enjoy your life as it is and becoming able to discover who you are and being able to shape your own individuality in a way that you're not edited by the needs of another person. Also, you know, you want to take the time to process the pain that is involved in letting go of a relationship, the pain and the loss. You know, get, let yourself grieve. Let yourself mourn the relationship and release that sadness by letting yourself process the rejection. Don't avoid the most intense part of this. Don't force yourself to get over it in a rush. This will help you understand how to better yourself. So if you're a more sensitive person than most and struggle with issues of abandonment, this may be a good time to seek out a counselor or a psychologist who can support you and help sort out the remaining wounds of past relationships. Fear of abandonment is gigantic in the population of the planet Earth. Uh, we all don't want to be alone. We want to be surrounded by people that love us, maybe not deeply involved with them all the time, but we need to have that person to anchor onto. And being alone is utterly scary. Being abandoned means that you're rejected, and that means that I may not attach to someone else and I may be alone for the rest of my life. That thought alone is what helps or what hinders people from moving on is the fear. And so what they grab onto is the past, and that's trying to fight back to get that relationship back. It will never be the same. It will never be the same. You have to realize that, that once a relationship ends, you can't make it into the same old relationship. It likely will either move on, which is the, the, the hugest part of it, or you try to grab it back, and if both of you try to do it again, it's never going to be the same as it was before. 
You know, don't internet stalk or make plans for revenge. That is the other thing. I know that it is painful to lose a relationship, but the last thing you want to do is become a stalker, try to find out what this person's been doing. You know, Facebook is can be your best friend or your worst enemy. I mean, the fact is, is that people stalk their partners, their former partners all the time trying to discover why did you, they leave me? Who did they leave me for? What's going on? I know I don't have the full story. Well, you don't always get the full story and you really don't need the full story. If two people are in a relationship and they agree not to be together, one of them doesn't want to do the work anymore, it's over. Move on. You've got to do that. But you can't try to grab on to them and hold them accountable for things after the relationship is over because it does you no good. And also making plans for revenge. You might just find yourself in a legal problem or lose your own personal integrity in the process. And if you lose that, you're going to lose a whole lot of relationships more than the one you just lost. So, you know, the other mistake that a lot of people make when they are in a relationship and they break up is they try to be friends. You know, I'm sorry, not a good idea. You don't want to maintain a friendship or an intimate relationship with your ex because that means you haven't moved on. And the deal is, once it's over, it needs to be over. That means that you both are just people to each other, that there, there, there may have been feelings before, but you're never going to free your heart up to be able to be in love again with someone else if you're maintaining a relationship with a previous partner. A lot of people take pride in the idea of being friends with their previous partner. But, you know, it, what that does is that narrows that other person's options and narrows your options of having someone love you fully because you've got this other former intimate relationship still involved in your life. That means there's not as much room for them. And that means they have to be a much bigger person and a much more trusting person. And that's just not healthy. And so when you move on from a relationship, you need to move on. Don't look back. Look forward. Start living in the moment. And living in the moment means I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about the past. I'm just alive in this moment and I'm enjoying it. Also, you want to fall in love with your life again. You want to find out who you are. You want to reach out to your friends, your family, your favorite hobbies. Do something you've avoided doing out of fear. Refocus that energy. You may have given so much of yourself to your relationship that you neglected yourself and your favorite things. So be aware that your self-esteem will be fragile. And you may do a bit of crying as you get through this, but it's okay. So you want to start making lists of dreams and goals in, for the coming year and, and go out and do them. Think about what would be healthy for me? What would be a great change? What do I need to add to my life? And maybe you'll discover that passion is greater than the passion you had in the relationship you let go of. Also, something you want to do is reflect on what didn't work in the relationship. Otherwise, what you will do is recreate that relationship in another relationship, meaning that old patterns will fall into the next relationship. And though it's a different person, you are reprocessing the same old garbage in a, with a different person. And that can be very challenging. And so, you know, once you've made it, you know, past the grieving and the acceptance you'll be able to see things more clearly. It may be that what you think about the relationship once you realize that there were red flags or things that didn't work well for you, use this to better 
your next relationship, if it's romantic or otherwise, maybe you or the other person were passive aggressive. Maybe you did avoided conflict. Maybe you were codependent or, or people pleasing. You know, it, it, endings can be amazing beginnings. That means that change can happen, but you have to change. You have to change for your next relationship to change. Also, you do not want to rush into another relationship. Some may try to replace the last relationship as soon as possible to avoid feeling loss, loneliness, or pain. Some will keep other uh, person waiting in the wings as one relationship is ending. You know, they have these little affairs and then they just kind of have that there. So they'll have the inner strength to end the relationship they're in. You know, the broken heart is not going to be a great start to another relationship. If you have a broken heart, do not move into another relationship and try to, to make it up through that. You have to heal your own broken heart. You have to become independent. You have to stand up on your own hind legs and claim your life first. Don't move your garbage to another relationship without processing what went on in the previous relationship. The other thing is, and it amazes me, but people forget to remove their photographs, gifts, and love letters, and they just leave them hanging around. What is that about? Give me a break. You know, why would you leave pictures and love letters and all that kind of garbage and gifts and, and sentimental things still around? That means you've never moved on. So your poor next partner that comes into your life is going to look at you and go, holy crap, they're still in love with the past. Not a good thing. Get rid of that crap. Box it up, put it in the attic or take it out and dump it because that relationship is done, finished, period. And also, you want to remember that there is not always a true love for everyone. You know, some people come into their lives with a brief period of time to teach us a lesson or expose us to a new way of thinking, and we keep reliving the same things until the lesson has been learned. While you may have loved someone and continue to do so, they will likely not be the only person you will ever love. So if it's supposed to happen, it will. You don't need to beg someone to love you or care for you in the way you do for them. Open yourself up to the possibility that this is an ending and is also the beginning of something far better than you've ever experienced before. Now now we're going to talk about divorce because divorce will just break people's hearts it breaks people's hearts especially if they have children you know but children are the true victims of divorce and I've said that before but you know you've got to do certain things when you're moving on from a divorce recognize that it's okay to have different feelings during this process recognize that there's going to be memories and love and you're going to want them back and then you're going to hate them and you're going to want them back and you hate them and you're going to see things in your day that you, they were a part of and you're going to want that and then there's parts of the of them that you just can't stand and so your your feelings are going to waver and you got to recognize that you got to give yourself a break and permission to feel during these times because you are not on a full tank of gas at this time you are at your weakest when you're getting divorced and also you know I've said this before you never know who you married until you divorced them. 
And the truth is, a lot of hate goes into divorce, and a lot of attorneys make a whole lot of money over stupid people who want to hurt each other through the divorce process. And it's sad, but that is what they do. You know, instead of trying to negotiate a positive end, what they do is they try to hurt each other for what each other had done to each other during the marriage. It's sad. It's a sad game, and it hurts everybody. You know, the other thing is when you're divorcing, don't go through it alone. You want to share your feelings with friends and family. They may just hear you vent. They do not need to solve your problems, and you need to tell them that, that you're just venting, and, and, and allow them to hear so they know that they don't have to do anything but listen to you and, and validate you. You know, when you, you want to allow yourself to grieve. You know, grief is a natural reaction to loss and the breakup of, uh, or divorce of a love relationship involves multiple losses. Loss of companionship, shared experiences, support, financial, intellectual, social, emotional, uh, loss of hopes, plans, dreams. I mean, it's an ultimate loss. Uh, uh, divorces. And so you've got to refocus and reshape your life. You know, after divorce, don't fight your feelings. That is huge. Talk about your feelings. And remember that moving on is the end goal. Remind yourself that you still have a future and it may not be the future you imagined with your partner, but it is a more exciting future because it is yours and it's all yours now. And you may be half the money you used to be, but the deal is you just bought your future. You just bought your freedom. And what is the price tag for that? Because if you are miserable with some miserable ass partner that you were married to, now you've got a life and now you've bought your freedom and now you can reshape yourself and be somebody that you aren't in their eyes. You know, your partners oftentimes have an image of who you are rather than who you are after time, and they tend to label you rather than get to know you. And during the fight of a divorce, many times that label is the only thing that they see. And underneath that is a person, and that person is who you need to discover when you get divorced. Also, you need to know the difference between a normal reaction to breakup and depression. You know, grief can be paralyzing after a breakup, but after a while, the sadness begins to lift, and day by day, little by little, you start moving on. So you want to reach out to others who have been through this, and maybe they can help you understand that this is not where it all ends. You want to spend uh, time with people who support and value and energize you. Get outside help if you need it. Go to a counselor. Go to a psychologist. Also, you want to cultivate new friendships, and that is people that have gone through this process before. That, those people have a lot to share with you. And, and the other thing is you really want to take care of yourself. Make time each day to, to heal you know, take a yoga class, go for a walk, listen to some music, enjoy a hot bath. These are some things you could do. You know, pay attention to what you need without guilt or angst as a way of honoring what is right for you. That is huge. And you also want to stick to a routine because having some consistency in your life after a divorce is huge and developing a routine will fill time. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to talk about divorce and then we're going to talk about reasons to let go. Thanks for listening. It's your world. 
world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about moving on, and I'm finishing up on the topic of divorce. And I was talking about self-care. And, you know, it's, it's huge. Uh, and I, say, I was talking about sticking to a routine. That, that gives us normalcy. And during a divorce, the last thing you have is normalcy. So what you want to do is you want to have a, a routine that gives you comfort. And that may just be certain things uh, that you do for yourself. But it is important to do those throughout the day. So those are things that you don't have to think about. And it's time that's filled. Because time is your worst enemy when you're in your head. And if you're just thinking and thinking and thinking, you can do a whole lot of damage. So when you have things to do in keeping yourself busy, you tend to not overthink the whole situation and, and start to be uh, very unproductive and, and cause a lot of damage. Also, you know, during a divorce, you want to take a time out. You don't want to make any major decisions if you can help it. I know you're going to have to make major, major decisions during a divorce. That is a major decision. But you don't want to make any major decisions for yourself until you have time to process and be clear with yourself. You want to avoid using alcohol, drugs, or food to cope with it. And you also want to explore new interests. And that is huge. It can be the beginning to doing something that is very fun and may have been something you never even dreamed of or never even thought would fit in your life, but now it does. Think of all the things you've had to box out of your life to be with your partner and then think about what you would like to do to introduce some new things to who you are. 
And it may be just as simple as changing your wardrobe. But, you know, exercising, exercising is huge. Get off your ass. If you're getting a divorce, get off your ass and go out and work out because it is time to look good for somebody else, number one, and it's time to start doing self-care. And that is huge. Do it for yourself. And that is the gift that keeps on giving. Believe me. Here's some questions also. When you go through a divorce, you, you really have to ask yourself, step back and look at the big picture. How did you contribute to the problems of the relationship? Do you tend to repeat the same mistakes and, or choose the wrong person in a relationship after a relationship? You know, think about how you react to stress and deal with conflict and insecurities. You know, if you're not good at, at conflict, or you're a very insecure person, get some counseling and learn how to set boundaries. Learn how to be more constructive. Consider whether or not you accept other people the way they are and not the way they could or should be because you don't marry someone to change them. And many people get that wrong. You don't marry someone to change them. I repeat. You also want to examine your negative feelings as a starting point for change. Are you in control of your feelings or do they control you? You know, a lot of people, if you listen to what they say, I feel, I feel, I feel, that means their feelings are in charge of their life, not their thoughts. I want to hear people say, I think, because that is who you really are. Okay, so, so here's some reasons to let go. You are changing. The universe around you is changing. Just because something was right for you in the past doesn't mean it is still is. This could be a relationship, a job, a home, a habit. You know, it, it happens to you slowly as you, you discover more about who you are and what you want out of life. And when you realize that there are deliberate changes you need to make to keep up with changes happening around you and within you. I can tell you, uh, if you uh, grew up during the time I did, computers were nothing in people's lives. They were just something IBM did for big business. But no, computers had nothing to do with life and integrating those into life. Now we can't live without them. To live without a computer for a day would absolutely drive me nuts. I mean, I'm sitting here with two smartphones, an iPad, uh, another, uh, another uh, iPad mini, and a, uh, a, a PC right here in front of me. And I couldn't be doing the show without, uh, without one of them. Okay, so, so, you know, you currently are dealing with processes that may feel awkward. So, reasons to let go and move on. Someone's negativity is rubbing off on you. You are the average, you, you're the average of people you spend most of the time with. In other words, who you spend your time with has a great impact on the person you are and the person you become. So if you're surrounded by cynical and negative people all the time, you will become cynical and negative. Also, uh, reasons to let go is you've grown apart from someone. Sad but true. No matter what you do or how much to you explain yourself, some people will gradually evolve away from your core values. As time goes on, they will prove over and over again that they are committed to misunderstanding you and clashing with your needs. That's when to let go. You also realize you are truly unhappy with your current circumstances. That's time to move on. It's always better to be struggling at something you love and succeeding diligently at something you despise. You know, succeeding at something you despise is not something to be proud of. Um, you know, you want to be struggling with something you love. So if you are truly unhappy with your current circumstances, change them. 
Your goals and needs have changed. That's another reason to let go. What was right for you then is not necessarily right for you now. Sometimes the hardest part isn't letting go, but rather realizing that you have changed and then learning to start over with a new life. Fear also is holding you back. That's another reason to let go. Part of letting go and moving on is facing the fears and disappointments of the past that are binding your spirit. Another reason is you catch yourself living in the past. If all you do is attempt to relive something that has already happened, and I can tell you people go on the same vacation year after year because they're trying to relive the past, and that's a sad thing. You're missing out on life. The, the mental space you create by letting go of things that are already behind you gives you the ability to fill the space with something fresh and fun, and that's what you want to grab onto. Also, people want, if they have an old grudge that is still hurting you, move on, let it go. Holding on to the weight of anger and resentment and hatred will not only hold you back, but also block your present blessings and opportunities. You've just got to drop some things to move forward. Or if you're not learning anything new, it is time, it's a reason to let go. If you're not learning anything new, it's a time to move on. Okay, so now here's some ways to move on. Accept the truth and be thankful. Be thankful for what you got out of that time and and use that to move on to the next experience. Also, you want to distance yourself from that particular change that you're making. When you see something, it's time to move on. Distance yourself for a while from it and refocus and see how important that situation really was. Also, Focus on what can be changed. Realize that not everything in life is meant to be modified or perfectly understood. Live, let go, and learn that you don't want to waste energy worrying about things you can't change. Focus exclusively on what you can change. And if you can't change something you don't like, change the way you think about it. The way you think about it. That is another way to change. Relabel an experience or something that you cannot change. Also, you want to uh, claim ownership and full control of your life. You know, that, that is ultimate. Say, that, saying I statements, I did this, I'm responsible for that. I don't want to hear what you did or they did. I want to hear what I, what that person did. That tells me that they're claiming their life and taking very much responsibility for it. Also, you want to focus inward. It's more important uh, when you're letting go to, to make a difference in this world, it's so important to help people. But you have to start with yourself. And if you don't start with yourself, you really have nothing to give another person. If you're looking outside yourself to find where you fit in or how you can create an impact, stop and look inside yourself and remember, what are my gifts? What am I passionate about? Because now is the time to bring that forward and give that gift back to the world. And also, and, and that gift may be how you move on. That may be the only thing you have is how you've moved on from a relationship and then you teach that to other people. Also, you want to change the people around you. If you've got negative people around you, change them. Do not stand around with a bunch of Eeyores in your life. If that's what you got that are dragging you down, get away from it and move into people that have your energy, that have your compassion, that have your desires, that have your intellect and let those people challenge you so that you can change. The other thing is take a chance. 
take a chance on life. Life is about is a faith-based venture. And I'm not talking about religion. It's a leap of faith. It's continuous change that takes a leap of faith and hoping that something is good. That is life. That's how we live. And we want to focus on today because any moments that we have, we want to give them all of our energy. All of our energy. Okay, so now we're going to talk about coping with death. You know, death is monumental, uh, especially when you have the greatest big death in your life. Um, Most people... Uh, death of a parent, death of a child, all these kind of things are very, very difficult on people. Um, you know, death of a best friend. People have death throughout the course of life. And the one thing you have to remember about death is, is it's just the last event of a person's life. It's not how they lived. It's not who they are. It's not what they're all about. You know, death is a chance for us to talk about another person's life. That means that we are letting them move on beyond their death by how we talk about them. Why do you think uh, in in, uh, Christian religion that Jesus is so uh, powerful amongst all of us? It's, It's not necessarily how he lived in the time and space that he lived, but it's about how that life has been carried forward by memories and by traditions and by by. literature and by the Bible. I mean, there's just a huge accounting for his life and how he moved on beyond death. And so, you know, you you are supposed to learn that lesson. You're supposed to catch on here, folks, that death is just another beginning of the story about that person's life. We live on through memories. Memories are the most important thing in this life. And the problem is, is a lot of people get caught up in the past rather than trying to make new memories. And that's what we want to do. So after the memorial service, the time after a funeral uh, can be very hard. Attending the service may help you feel connected to the person because you're talking about them. And it's likely that you're going to grieve. And it's likely that that grieving process won't hit until after you're the process of burying someone or, or, or whatever you do with the body. Everybody's different. You're the only one who can judge uh, what you're able to handle. And it's a good idea to get back into your routine at a pace that suits you. Keep in mind that it's normal to have some days that are tougher than others. And over time, it's likely that you'll get back to the swing of things. And when friends and family are, are moving on, you know, your friends and family may have started to get back to their normal routines before you do. Don't compare yourself to other folks. You know, that's something that they're going to do with their own experiences and you're going to do with your own experience. I, I know that, you know, like when my mother uh, was killed in a plane crash, uh, 11, geez, back in uh, 2000, 16 years ago, um, the deal was is that was extremely difficult on me. But since then, there's been several deaths, including my father, which I grieve differently now. It's a process, and it takes it, it. It goes a lot faster, and it's sad to say this, but it goes a lot faster when after you've been through one big one, and that experience is is very traumatic. And so you must realize that everybody grieves different at different times and in different ways, and and that is how it goes. Do not compare yourself. You also want to, uh, you know, if you're getting back to work or getting back to school, you want to communicate to your boss or to your teachers that, hey, I'm going through this thing so that they understand and that they can operate and try to lower or change expectations of you so you don't put yourself at risk because you're not going to be in the best state of mind. 
Also, you want to take a time out. You know, it's important for you to manage how you're feeling. And it might be helpful to set aside some time in a day to deal with your thoughts. So take a time out. Take a break during the day to process these particular thoughts. That is very helpful. Also, you want to value those memories with that person. That is huge. And you want to talk to people about those memories once again so that the person that died in your life lives on and that their their stories can be shared. And there's no uh, timeline or deadline for this. You just want to let it happen. You want to take small steps and be patient. Try to get back into the game by jumping back in a relationship before your mind is clear and your heart is sufficiently healed is a formula for disaster. So, you know, you want to talk to your children and anybody in your life and let them know, hey, I'm not all here right now. And just be honest about it and, and let people understand that you're going through this process so they can assist you. In, in letting people in like this can be very vulnerable for a lot of people. Uh, and also, you want to practice self-care. You know, uh, learn to feel whole again without a, a partner or that person in your life means getting back to basics. And this requires taking exceptionally good care and loving yourself. You, your heart may have been shattered by a breakup or a death or some other kind of loss, but you cannot blame yourself because you're not in control of it. So now is the time to do things that help settle and soothe your heart. And if you have to, think about what that person would want you to do with yourself after they've gone, what they would have told you to do for yourself. You know, take inventory of what's your baggage and what is their baggage. A lot of people make death of a person their death, meaning that if their spouse passes away, the, the death is about the person grieving rather than the spouse. That's not cool. The death should be their death. Give it back to the person that's died and, and, and celebrate their life. That's what we wake up in the morning to do, to create memories and to have our life celebrated. It's not to mourn our death. And so people often, especially people that are depressed, will take one person's death and make it their own death. And that is a very selfish thing to do. You know, you need to upgrade your coping skills. And it takes hard work, courage, faith, dedication, humility to move forward after a loss. But you have to give that person's life back to them and find love again, find a new friend again, find a new partner again, move on. And that is huge. And you also want to cultivate humility and self-compassion. Finding ourselves uh, on our knees crying is a very humble experience. And, and we may feel lost or broken, fearful, helpless, like, like damaged merchandise. But, but, you know, feeling down in the dumps is normal. And you have to accept that and let yourself have that and even admit it and admit it openly to people that you're going through a very uh, deep, hurtful experience. And that means that you're compassionate for yourself because you're communicating that you're not yourself in this time. And, and healing an existing relationship after a loss can be enormous. You might reach out to people that you've boxed out, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, people that you miss in your life and reinstate those relationships and learn how to forgive. 
and and rebuild that relationship because that may fill the spot for you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the loss of a child. We're going to talk about job loss, and then we're going to talk about how to move on in other ways. Thanks for listening. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or DRGBMFT.com. Remember, DrGBMFT.com. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email... It'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about moving on. And this this topic is really hard. I remember as a child our... Uh, neighbors lost their teenage daughter. Um, she got hit by a train. And I know in watching those parents, and I was just a young child at the time, this this girl was a friend of my sister. And, uh, and it was interesting because she went to Florida with us and she went on vacation. She was a really great gal. And um, anyway, the, de- the deal is, is that loss of a child really uh, hurt that family enormously, and the parents really struggled uh, through their marriage. It just put them at, at at looking at each other in very negative ways, uh, picking each other apart, going through grief and loss at different stages. Uh, just not not a good thing. Plus, they've got other kids that are that are grieving, and it's very confusing time for a family. A lot of people don't make it through their marriage after the loss of a child, which can be very challenging. And so one of the things that, uh, you know, the death of a child is one of the most difficult and traumatic events that a parent can encounter, one that will shape emotional experiences over 
their entire life. You know, parents will encounter a wide range of emotions that will, in many cases, fundamentally change who they really are. They will experience not only intense grief, but also regret, remorse, guilt about not being able to protect their child and or feeling that their partner did not protect their child. And the emotions experienced by parents with regard to the loss of a child are due in a large part to, to individual and social beliefs about parenting and the roles of parents. The death of a child erases what many parents view as uh, a fundamental uh, certainty that they will outlive their children. Although there are no certainties in life, the assumption that a parent will outlive his or her child is one that is clearly taken for granted. Yet, I can tell you in this life, many parents outlive their children. Further, because a parent's identity is uh, integrally uh, tied to their child, the death will alter the way the parent looks at the experiences and the world. Children change the way parents look at the world and themselves, and a child's identity often becomes an integral part of the parent's lived experiences, their views of life, their personal understanding. Thus, when a child is lost, a significant part of the parent can be lost as well. Uh, You know, it, it may seem like an insurmountable event when a child is lost. Parents may experience extreme difficulty in moving on for a long time, but be unable to connect with others. They may choose to isolate themselves. Be, you know, parents are social beings who sooner or later will need to connect with the world around them, either through work, through a community. But when this does not occur naturally, what has to happen is people have to reach out to these families and help them. Counseling. I cannot tell you how important counseling is for parents who have lost a child and the, the siblings of that child to come to counseling and begin to restructure and, and heal because they can't do it alone. It, it's, it's got to be guided. It's got to be professionally guided. And if you don't like the therapist, find one you do like. Work until you get to the right person because some may not help you, some may. But it is really important to get outside the problem and have someone guide you through this grieving process. You know, it's coming to terms with the loss of a child, celebrating their life, celebrating all the memories and not erasing that child from your life is extremely important. The other thing is the decision to break up may also be a healthy one because there may have been other problems in the relationship. And I've seen this happen where two parents no longer knew who they were without their child. And, and, and so they found, found a different path in life. And that may happen. And it, it, it may be a learning experience or whatever, but you have to understand what you can and cannot control. And if you've lost a child, you may not have been able to control that circumstance. By most accounts, you were not able to control the circumstance. You did everything to elongate their life. And, and so, you know, following the death of a child, you really have to slow down, take a time out, and form new relationships with your family, form new friendships Form groups of people who have been through loss and gather together. You know, if you, if you, if you uh, are involved in some spiritual religion, this is a time to reach out to that religion and let it help you. Let those people that have been through this process help you. But once again, I cannot reiterate to how important it is to do counseling, both marital and family counseling and even individual counseling, 
after the loss of a child. It's it's just unbelievably uh, dynamic and can really hurt a person's life without it. So, um, you know, let's look at another huge loss, and that's a job loss. You know, losing a job is just extremely personal. You know, it's a loss of your personal professional identity. It's a loss of your self-esteem, your self-confidence, your daily routine, your purposeful activity, your, your work-based social network, your, your sense of security. You know, grief is normal after losing a job. And, and you know, surviving this uh, emotional roller coaster of unemployment and loss takes some certain coping skills. So, you know, the first thing you want to do is reach out to your support system and talk to a trusted friend or family member, especially people who have lost a job before. You are not your job. You are, who you are is not your job. And a lot of people lose their identity to their work. You have to understand that a job is a job is a job, and there's other ways to go about doing a job, and there's other talents that you may or may not have that you may need to bring forward. Loss of a job is an opportunity an opportunity for you to grow and expand your life and change. You also want to write about your feelings. Journal. It's a great time to journal when you are uh, lost a job, especially if it's a surprise. And the other thing is you want to accept the reality that you no longer are incorporated in that that job. You know, dwelling on about the loss of your job is not going to help you get another one. And, you know, here's the other thing. You got to realize, are you cut out for working for other people? You know, some people don't understand that they are terrible employees, that they're terrible about um, communicating, and they really are too lazy to just figure out what they can do on their own, start their own business, do something. You know, working for yourself may be a much better situation than trying to work for other people. Some people are just not cut out to work for other people. And yet they're too lazy to figure out what they're passionate about. And they'd rather just cling on to other people's businesses, do mediocre work, and then end up getting fired again and again and again. Don't beat yourself up. If you've lost your job, it's easy to start criticizing or blaming yourself when you've lost your job or you're unemployed. It's important to avoid putting yourself down. You you need your self-confidence intact if you're going to look for a new job. So you want to focus on your positives Mm -hmm. and you want to focus on what you've learned and how you can become a better employee if that's what you have to do. And you also want to look for the silver lining. You know, losing a job is easier to accept if you can find a lesson in the loss. What can you learn from the experience? Maybe your job loss is giving you a chance to reflect on what you want out of life and rethink your career. Rethink a possibility of developing a business or a new skill on your own and go out there and do it. Invest in yourself for once. Go get an education and do something that you are passionate about. And maybe it's time to do that. And maybe the reason you lost your job was because you have no passion. You also want to beware of the pitfalls. You know, taking a refuge in a cave uh, called your room or your home is not going to help you. And venting your anger may only make you feel worse if you find yourself in the middle of a pity party. Uh, drinking is, is not a good idea. Drinking alcohol, taking drugs, then you're just developing another barrier to getting a job. And don't underestimate the importance of other people when you're faced with job loss. Be proactive. Let people know that you lost your job and looking for work. Taking action will help you feel more control of your situation. Also, you want to turn to people you trust for support. 
you know, share what you've been going through, but also you want to reach out to people that have made it through this experience and help them give you hope, you know, you know, start a job club, maybe, maybe uh, find a club uh, at your library or college or university career center or professional networking sites or, or classifieds, you know, where they, they help you find a job or, or go for a training that you've always dreamed of and try it and see what could happen. Write a book. Do something. Don't just sit on your ass at home feeling sorry for yourself. You also want to stay connected through networking, and networking means a community of people that are professionals. By networking, we keep our professional identity, we feel stronger about ourselves, and we feel more connected, and we also uh, can develop new opportunities by meeting people in our community or around the community that we used to work that can help us. And that is huge. And, and I, you know, I know people are ashamed and embarrassed uh, that they've lost their job, but it's huge to go out there and network. People have compassion and people understand that you're not in full control of where you're employed or when you're employed. And just because you lost your job doesn't mean you're not a good employee. You also want to keep your family in the loop. You know, they're grieving too. They're scared. There's a lot of fear involved in a job loss because people are fearing the, the loss of income. Well, everybody, you want to get everybody on, on board in your family to know how we're going to pull together and pull through this. Form a plan. Get buy-in. Get everybody's buy-in, how they're going to help get through this process until you get a new job. And you want to listen to their concerns. You want to make time for family fun. You want to help the children cope with the unemployment and keep an open dialogue with these kids because their life can be enormously impacted by the parents' loss of a job. Uh, financially, they're so dependent on you, and they're really dependent on learning from you on how to deal with situations like a job loss. A job loss is enormous, and if you keep a positive approach, maybe when this happens in their life, they will cope with it in a very positive way because you're teaching them how to cope with loss and how to move on. You also want to maintain balance in your life. You know, uh, it's very stressful to look for a job. So you want to make fun for, you know, time for fun, rest, relaxation, whatever revitalizes you. And your job search will become more effective if you're mentally, emotionally, and physically at your best. So make time for regular exercise, get plenty of sleep, practice relaxation techniques. And if you can't do it, go learn it from yoga or, or meditation about deep breathing. Um, these are powerful antidotes for stress because you become very self-aware of yourself through their techniques. Also, you want to keep a regular routine when you've lost a job. Create a job search plan and list your positives. The other thing is volunteer. Go out there and volunteer to get exposure for your talents. People, you know, Focus on things that you can control when you've lost a job. That is huge. So, you know... Anxiety about the unknown is the biggest issue we have when there's major life changes. It's always scary, but you have to have faith and, and you have to understand that this happened for a reason and I need to learn from it. So, you know, living in fear is not the way to live. You want to live in faith. That means I'm going to leap into something else and I'm going to give it all of my energy. Fear of failure is one of the biggest uh, major life uh, incidents that we can all have. And, and we have to have the sense that there's something uh, good about ourselves. We have to organize our lives around never having to fear, 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 
to feel fear, excuse me, and to, to live through fear. We do not want to experience life through fear. When you have lost something major in your life, understand that a door is opening for a very new opportunity to come. You know, also people will have fear of death. You know, don't fear death. Death is the end of life. It's just the last chapter. It's the last moment. It's not why you were, you know, the last thing I would want people to remember about me is how I die. I want them to remember how I live. That is huge. Also, um, self-judgment takes place when major life change happens. And, and so what we want to do is we want to look at our weaknesses and turn them into our strengths and overcome those. Some strategies for success during change is cult- cultivate self-compassion. You know, be compassionate for yourself. Know that you are being challenged and know that you are learning. You also want to put your focus on your future and don't expect perfection. Okay, that's our show. Our next show is Parenting Your Inner Child. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, moving on is easy when you finally accept the other person was just batshit crazy. (laughs) The other thing is your inner child will gladly tell others they're a big poopy face. All right, thanks for listening to everybody. I hope you have a great day. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.